This is the Life of Jesus podcast with Ben Greenbaum and Mark Elsesser. For a full year, we're looking at the life of Jesus through the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we've been kind of following a chronological flow. There's not a perfect flow to that, but we're, we're following his life as best as we can. And last time we looked at how Jesus expanded his leadership base from the inner three to the 12 to 72 and probably beyond as he's eyeing the future after he has ascended into heaven. And now he's going to get more personal with them, I think. He's, he's talking about authentic faith and what, what that looks like. Uh, this podcast, Ben's uh, scheduled to be released on Memorial Day. So Memorial Day, you know, like what's your favorite Memorial Day activity or Memorial Day food that you like to take part in? Uh, well, Memorial Day activities. Um, I don't know. One one thing, huge, you know, huge thing, obviously uh, for me personally, at least, is to reflect upon uh, all of those, the lives of, of those who who pay the ultimate price um, to preserve freedom in our country to fight for those, uh, who are oppressed in, in other nations. And, and, uh, you know, both of my grandfather served in world war two. My father-in-law, um, was a pilot in Vietnam. And so just have a deep, deep appreciation, uh, for uh, the men and women uh, in our armed forces. And, uh, as I, as I celebrate them, um, I pay respect to them. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a good cookout on Memorial Day, uh, can't beat it. Uh, I'll actually be in Texas this Memorial Day uh, celebrating uh, my niece's graduation uh, from Kerrville High School out in the hill country of West Texas. And uh, mad props to my niece, Addison, who, uh, who will be attending Notre Dame uh, in the fall. Which Amazing. is, uh, yeah, we're just going to have her two hours after her entire uh, life, you know, being spent so far away uh, from us. Uh, it'll be a joy to, in some ways, have her in our backyard. I know my, my girls are crazy excited. Are you buying her some mittens as a graduation gift? Yeah, it's funny because we actually took her to her college, uh, you know, to her college visit. Uh, Sherry and I took her to her college visit at, visit at Notre Dame, and it was in the middle of February. And it was about 10 degrees. The wind was blowing about 30 miles an hour. Okay, so she knows what's up. It was snowing. And all I could think the whole time was like, there is no way. She'd already been accepted to the school. But I'm like, this is going to turn her off. And for whatever reason, I thought my face was going to fall off while I was walking across campus. And I'm like, there is no way she's coming here. But uh, for whatever reason, she just, she loved, loved her visit. And she got accepted to a bunch of different schools. And uh, has decided on Notre Dame. And so... That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited. That's great. Well, I love Memorial Day as well. It's good to be together always with our family and play some yard games and and do all those kind of activities. Uh, I think also of my dad who passed away this year. He was a World War II veteran. And I had the opportunity to take him on an honor flight to Washington, D.C. Just a handful of years ago. And that was really an amazing experience to be there with other veterans, yeah. and each one had a sponsor, like a, a son or somebody that was taking them on that trip, and to be able to 
actually visit the World War II Memorial yep. in D.C. with my dad. When, and we walked around to these different places, and he says, yep, I was there, and yeah. I was at that place. And it, was, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, it's and, powerful. And we, it? Yeah, I'm Oof. so grateful. Well, Jesus today is, is going to spend some time talking to people and, and interacting with people in a way that talks about authenticity in faith. And we want to jump in at the end of Luke chapter 10, and then we'll, we'll dive into Luke chapter 11 a little bit. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Let's pick it up from there. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary. So I'm guessing Martha's the oldest because it's her home and it's her sister, Mary. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, an activity really that usually the men did. They would sit and listen to the teacher, the rabbi, the the guest speak, but the women were to be busy working and serving food and those kind of things. But it says an interesting word in verse 40, but Martha was distracted. Even though that was sort of the role of, of the women in that culture and in that day, the the writer Luke says that she was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She, that is Martha, came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And so she's tattling on her sister, probably something they'd been doing all of their lives from childhood up until now. And she's, she's wanting Jesus to tell Mary, yeah, Mary, you probably should get up. It's too much work for one person and get up and help your sister. We, we're going to need to eat pretty soon. Could you take care of us? Instead, Jesus looks at Martha and says, Martha, Martha, you know, when, when somebody says your name twice or tosses in a middle name or, or <laughs> they, they do certain things, they're really wanting you to listen, right? Did you ever have that with your your folks when they called out uh, a certain name or your name in a certain way you knew what was up? There there was a progression uh, every morning when I had to get up uh, for school. There was a progression that started with, you know, Ben, get up. And then it went to Benjamin, get out of bed. And then it was Benjamin Greenbaum, get out of bed. And then it was Benjamin Ryle Greenbaum, get out of bed. You're going to be late for the bus, you know, and then it, it kind of went from there. So there was always that progression. Yeah, but by the time we hit Benjamin Ryle Greenbaum, I knew, oh, that, that was like the final snooze, right? And that was the moment you had better get out of bed. Right, because after that, they're coming in with a fire hose and you know, That's right. super soaker or something. And you're going to get to, on that bus one way or the other. So I don't know if Jesus is doing that here with Martha, but he uses her name twice. Martha, Martha. We don't have the, the inflection, but Martha, Martha is how I picture it. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. Now, when a sister comes and tattles on her other sister and is told, no, the other one was actually doing the better thing, the more important thing, 
it had to be a tough pill to swallow for Martha. He said, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. What's Jesus saying? We have a way sometimes of seeking to serve Jesus without ever resting in Christ. You know, we, th- we see all that, that must be done, and in the midst of seeing what must be done, we uh, neglect the relationship. And Christ has called us to come and to rest and to be present with him, to be nurtured by him, to taste of his love, to taste of his presence. And, uh, and so I think, you know, Jesus is saying, not, not that there's not, you know, things to be done, but if we're not, if we're not doing them in alignment with Christ's desire, in alignment born out of relationship with him, we're going to run around frantic, ultimately accomplishing nothing and burning ourselves out in the midst of it. Martha is right now is, is frustrated. She, this isn't an act of love at the moment. I mean, in some way it might be, but she just is frustrated and frantic and there's no real seemingly real joy, uh, in her voice as, uh, as she's seeking to prepare things. She speaks for a lot of us, doesn't she? Sure, I mean, absolutely. You know, here, here's Martha, and she's getting things done. And if, and if anything, churches are really good at getting things done and, and doing the tasks and preparing for the meals and, and getting the committees organized and, and so forth. And same's true for pastors. Oh, yeah. You talk to pastors, you talk to me, you know, like, you know, what did you do this week? And I'm going to rattle off all the tasks that I accomplished and what are you going to do next week? Here's my to-do list, and it's, it's job, 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 task, task, task. Rarely do you talk to somebody who is a pastor or a church leader or a church member or a church attender or anything and say, you know, what's your goal for this week? Uh, my goal for this week is to press into my relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hey, there's a reason why 30% of preachers make it to retirement age. You know, 70% of preachers do not make it. They leave vocational ministry before retirement age. And part of that is, is that I I believe is that sometimes we have a tendency to get caught up in the things that must be done. And in the, in the process, our hearts can become hardened to Christ, can become distant from him. We don't rest in him. We're not empowered then by him for, for ministry. And a lot of times it, it leads us to to not only, it leads us to, to miss out on the joy of our calling. Yeah, because like in our tribe, the United Methodist Church, we're required to have administrative committees and people on them. We are not required to have a prayer ministry. Right. It's encouraged, sure, right. but it's not a requirement. And, and I'm not looking to blame the system. I just think that we're, it's natural for all of us to think about what are the tasks that have to be done what are the jobs I have to do? And when I'm done with those, I can go home for the day. Whether it's a church leader or a pastor or a, a church executive, it's an easy trap for all of us to fall into. But Jesus here said, Mary, chosen, Mary has chosen what is better. She's chosen the better way. And there's, Jesus said, there's only a few things that are needed. No, actually, there's only one. Yeah. On, only one. And that is to be at the feet of Jesus. It's, it's opposite of how most of us think about our 
our walk with Christ. Rather than a walk with Christ, a sit with Christ, a be with Christ, a live with him, dwell with him. It seems to be what Jesus is talking about here. Well, he goes on in chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, and he's talking more and more about our spiritual life, our spiritual journey. I want to pick it up at verse 5, and Jesus tells a story. Jesus said to them, Luke eleven five. Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. End of story. So Jesus tells, he tells these stories sometimes, and you're, you look at it and think, what is he driving at? What, what's going on here? What, what's he trying to impress upon us? And it seems to me that he's, he's here talking about, again, our relationship with God, going to God, being with, with God, seeking God in prayer, longing to be in, in God's presence, and, and coming to God with this expectation that God will answer when we call out to him. When we knock, he'll open the door. And this, this idea of having a shameless audacity in our relationship with God is a, is a striking one because I think we often see ourselves more passive in our relationship with God, like whatever God wants to do in my life, whatever God's will, and we, we simply wait to see what's going to happen. But this is a different picture of pressing into a rela- our relationship with God. It's one of persistence, of even shamelessness in, in expecting the Father, to respond to our knock, our plea, our longing for him. What do you see in this? Yeah, it's, it's again, uh, this plea for our longing uh, with him, in which the, this passage, this section, actually concludes with, uh, with Jesus um, speaking into the, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so the, the ultimate gift of God's relational presence abiding uh, with us. Um, but yeah, not to be, pa- relationships aren't, aren't passive. You know, I don't just, I just don't sit around in my relationship with, with my spouse. I, I pursue her. Um, I, you know, is not to be cliche, but lean into the relationship. And so in our relationship with God, it's uh he is persistently, his, his arms are out and extended uh, toward us. He is in persistent pursuit of us. And so uh, it, for us, a lot of it's just responding to that embrace and, and coming to experience the joy uh, of that embrace. That, there, there's not passivity in that, but a, a crying out uh, to, to the Lord. And to your point, he, he says, look, if you want the Holy Spirit, you want his presence in your life deeply and thickly, yeah. pursue it. 
Yeah. Pursue the Holy Spirit. Pursue that relationship. So that's not just a transaction when every, every eye closed, every head bowed, okay, I've given my life to Jesus, I'm good. It's not that. It's a relationship that we pursue, that we long for, that we, we press into, push for. Shameless audacity is an interesting use of, of word. I, I don't know exactly what the Greek is there. I didn't, didn't look anything up. But this NIV translation, at least, is an interesting set of words to, to long after the holiness and the presence of God that much that we will press into the, hev- into the heavens themselves. Yeah. And, and say, Holy Spirit, I want, come. Uh, I long yeah, for we you. want the fullness of what God is, is giving us, you know? I mean, that, that should be the ultimate desire of, of our heart is to experience the fullness of, of, of God. And so to, again, not to be cliche about it, but to press into that, to, to run uh, after that. And that, the, the beauty of this is that it's there, it's present. Um, God's disposition toward us, his affections uh, toward us, his love toward us does not change. It is not diminished. Um, it does not grow. It's just ever present uh, for us and with us. And so to, to want, to, to desire, to experience the, the totality of that, to come to God again, shamelessly, knowing that his only bent toward us is that of, of holy love. We're never going to experience a, a love that is greater, that is more perfect. Um, and so why shouldn't we run into that. I love your word fullness, and it's used in, in multiple places in Scripture, but the, the fullness of who God is and the fullness of what God wants to give to us and, and who God wants to be in our lives and who God wants us to be, and that fullness. And I, I wonder sometimes if we're content with partialness, right? Uh, Absolutely. A, a little bitness, and, and to be shamelessly audacious because God does not God. Yeah. And part of this is the, the point that God, that Jesus is making is God doesn't tire of us. You know, he doesn't, ti- I mean, it blows my mind. Um, but he doesn't tire of us. He doesn't tire of the relationship. Um, he wants us to, again, he wants us, he desires for us to experience the totality of, of what he what he gives. Okay, there's one more thing I want to hit on before we wrap this one up today, and it's down in verse 33, Luke 11, 33, and it says your eye is, the lamp of the body is, the, is sort of the topic. Jesus says in verse 33, no one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Now, this is, this is in a culture with no electricity, so if you have a lamp lit, that's the only source of light in your house when it's when it's dark outside and how crazy it would be to light your lamp and then put a big bucket over it. Instead, they put that lamp on a stand so that those who come in may see the light. Now he shifts the metaphor. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. 
lot of stuff going on here, a lot of imagery. I, Jesus, again, seems to be saying, don't hide who you are. So in, in his interaction with Martha and Mary, don't get distracted. Don't, don't get distracted with, with the wrong things. And in this story of the persistent friend, don't be passive in, in your relationship with God. And then here, it's like, don't hide. Don't hide who, like, what God's done in your life. Celebrate it. Tell, tell the goodness of God in your life and let it shine forth. And, and so, so Jesus is, again, he's preparing his, his followers for ministry without him. But in the middle of that, he, he, seems to be, he seems to really be pressing, at least in this portion of Scripture, into this idea of go for it all the way. Live your life out in the open and pursue God fully and, and be persistent, shameless even, in your, in your relationship with God. Let him see the light. Let the world see that is the light of Christ shining in and through you. What are your thoughts, brother? Amen. <laughs> that's a good set of thoughts. No, I that's mean, a good set of thoughts. Right I want there. you know, it's like uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying. A, a few weeks ago, we like made this shift, right? We were having every once in a while we might taste like a 70 degree day, and then a few weeks ago, all of a sudden, it hit like 85, and it was bright and sunny outside. There's only one place I wanted to be is I wanted to be in that light, you know. I mean, the moment I got home, it was, you know, shorts on, T-shirt on, and going for a jog and wanting to be outside, wanting to be uh, in the light. Because those gray days throughout winter, throughout, you know, parts of spring, um, to know that at this point, you know, in some ways, summer is dawning. Those days are gone uh, at least for, you know, six months, uh, maybe, maybe longer if we're lucky. And so in the same way, like I, I want to live in the light of Christ. That's where, that, that's where joy resides. That's where, uh, you know, the, the peace of God resides. And so I want to be in the light of Christ. And in that, I want to be a manifestation of that light uh, in the world. That, that's where our, you know, we want to be a reflection of the joy of God's kingdom. Um, not walking around with our heads hung and, you know, acting like we're in the midst of a funeral procession. We serve a resurrected Savior. We should Amen be pretty that. excited about that. that that's, really a, that's really a good word. Well, you know, we're going we're gonna to continue this next time, and Jesus is going to do some more teaching on authentic discipleship and what that looks like, because I think, he's, I think he really is trying to impress upon his followers and now us in the future that that following Jesus is not simply a matter of, of a head nod, like, okay, I'm a Christian, give me the certificate, but it's this lifestyle that he wants us to press into. So that's why we're seeing more and more and, and more of this, I believe, as, as he's moving toward Jerusalem, moving toward his eventual arrest and crucifixion before the people. He wants, he wants them to know that when he's gone, that if they are authentic in who they are with him, they can do ministry in the world. And they did. And I believe he wants us to know that we can too in, in the middle of this world. Well, it's been, it's been a good topic today. Uh, thanks, Ben, for being part of that. Folks, if you want to jump in deeper, go to our church's website, fishersumc.org, or our church app. Find that and click on the Life 
of Jesus link. That will take you to more elements in this year-long study, daily gospel readings and devotions and poems. And you'll find there the weekly sermon that's connected to this, group study topics, as well as other episodes of this podcast. Until next time, God bless you all.